Right on radio. Right on radio. Again, I thank you for this opportunity. And again, my conjecture is and remains JFK was not assassinated on November 22nd, 1963. What was proven on November 22nd, 1963 at that time was the legal definition of conspiracy, the attempt to assassinate the President of the United States of America. This is now part eight of this multi-part series. And as I prepared this PowerPoint called President John F. Kennedy Assassination Attempt, November 22nd, 1963, to assist with this further deep dive, including applicable visual, photo, video clips to accompany my remarks, even deeper than my previous remarks. Ready to continue? And again, as we proceed, I want to hear your, your audience's questions, comments, aha moments along the way to make sure I've already addressed the questions in this series and to pulse where you are as well, particularly your aha moments, okay? Oh, it's going to be very interesting, all the twists and turns and where we end up, surprises and aha moments all along the way. So we will now go to part eight of the PowerPoint to continue our journey. Okay, so now I want to start again with this. This is the first video. Again, this is the first video, JFK, Truth, The Mob, CIA, and the Eight Paid Assassins YouTube video, publication date, May 11, 2017. Um, it, as you can see, it's an hour and 25 minutes and six seconds long that I first became aware of on Thursday, September 30th, 2021, published by British producer Francis R. Connolly. As this is from where I even heard the reference chief coordinator, as in chief coordinator of the assassination plot, according to this British producer to begin with, I want to present this portion now. And to raise the question, let's play from 2609 to 26. Choo-choo. Dash Department Hospital begins. The chief coordinator in the assassination plot, George Herbert Walker Bush, casually relaxes with hands in his pockets at the entrance of the school book depository. So... Francis Richard Connolly's conjecture as to who the chief coordinator is. And voila. So according to this British producer, the chief coordinator of the assassination plot, George Herbert Walker Bush. And unless I miss something, 
there was, is no evidential matter presented to prove it was George H.W. Bush, other than he was there in Daly Plaza in Dallas, Texas on November 22nd, 1963. There have even been reports I've come across that Billy Graham was there as well as so many others. So needless to say, at this point, am I convinced? No, not yet. But let's proceed, shall we? My conjecture is and remains that there is indeed a, the, much larger overarching conspiracy at play. And the closer I looked at all this, it really appears to have been is, since it's still at play, a war between the Kennedys and the Bushes, in essence, a proxy war between the British and Germans on American soil. And given the August 7, 1998 East Africa embassy bombings abroad, overseas, including on American proxy soil, U.S. embassy soil, August 7, 1998, the precursor to the dry run for, trial run for, September 11, 2001. And this proxy war, at the expense of the American people, always at the expense of the American people, literally and figuratively, and our nation and beyond at play and still to this day. So as you recall, I have specifically mentioned and read in its entirety the Washington Post article the ultimate joint statement dated August 10, 1998, the long wedding weekend of Christian, CNN Christian Amanpour as the August 7, 1998 East Africa Embassy bombings. with John F. Kennedy Jr. The article written by William Drazdiak with his own documented German background connections. Wow. In my previous remarks to include part four of this multi-part series, the August 7, 1998 East Africa embassy bombings occurring in two Queen British Commonwealth countries, Kenya and Tanzania. And U.S. President William Jefferson Clinton 
the supposed illegitimate son of Winston Churchill. And when was the embassy bombings? Under the tenure of President Bill Clinton. Wait a minute, and his spouse, the First Lady of the United States of America, Hillary Diane Rodham Clinton, the supposed deceased daughter of German Nazi infiltrator George Scherf Jr., a.k.a. George H.W. Bush and Barbara Bush, the supposed daughter of Aleister Crowley. And all this is not interconnected, not interlinked, right? Oh, my goodness. Is it possible the ultimate joint statement, the name of the applicable August 10, 1998 Washington Post article by William Drozdiak, is then really a reference to the ultimate joint statement being of Winston Churchill, Aleister Crowley, and Adolf Hitler via and represented by then U.S. President and First Lady Bill and Hillary Clinton. Even more so, given my previous remarks to include in part three of this multi-part series, that JFK's own father, Joseph Kennedy, who supposedly lied about his daughter being institutionalized and really being left behind in the UK when he departed as US ambassador to the UK, her only later becoming British Prime Minister Mar Margaret Thatcher. Prime Minister from May 4th, 1979 to November 28th, 1990, over the course of the President Carter, Reagan, and George H.W. Bush administrations. Wait a minute. So George H.W. Bush, really, a.k.a. German Nazi infiltrator George Scherf Jr., was Irish mob President Ronald Reagan's vice president before becoming president of the United States of America himself. Joseph Kennedy's daughter, Maggie Thatcher's tenure, ending during the tenure of U.S. President George H.W. Bush, really a.k.a a German-born Nazi infiltrator, George Scherf Jr.? Wow, right? Is that just a coincidence? So did they know? Did Presidents Carter, Reagan, and or George H.W. Bush know who Maggie Thatcher really was? If George H.W. Bush is, was really German-born German Nazi infiltrator, George Scherf Jr., the son of really German-born Nazi infiltrator Colonel George Scherf Sr., a.k.a. Connecticut U.S. Senator Prescott Bush. And Prescott Bush was golfing buddies with German background U.S. Army General, first NATO Supreme Commander, and later U.S. President Dwight D. Eisenhower. Did Ike know? really know who Prescott Bush really was that en entire time, particularly since it was supposedly Prescott Bush, a.k.a. George Scherf Sr., who convinced Ike to select Richard Nixon to be his vice president, and obviously as a scapegoat, right? I mean, look at Watergate's resignation violating Nixon's constitutional due process rights, setting him up completely 
to include by having Nixon in attendance at the meeting in Dallas, Texas, the night before, on November 22nd, 1963. Oh, but look at this. The curious circumstances, including location of Ike's death on March 28th, 1969, less than two months after CIA Director Alan Dulles' passing on January 29, 1969, Ike died of heart failure at U.S. Military Walter Reed Army Medical Center. Just like months later, when CIA Deputy Director U.S. Air Force General Charles Cobble dies of heart failure while taking his medical exam at U.S. Military Joint Base Meyer Henderson Hall. Is it all starting to make sense? It is, isn't it? Particularly since didn't John F. Kennedy supposedly confront Connecticut U.S. Senator Prescott Bush, a.k.a. really German-born Nazi infiltrator Colonel George Scherf Sr. in his office, the Oval Office, during his tenure, as I recall reading some time ago? Wait. So does that mean JFK supposedly knew who Prescott Bush, a.k.a. George Scherf Sr. really was all along, even at that time? And if JFK knew, who else knew? That said, now given President Eisenhower is supposedly the one that set into motion... the 1950s top secret agreement as specifically referenced in Christopher Fulton's book, The Inheritance, Poison Fruit of JFK Assassination, published in 2018. This is the page reference, it's page 114 from this book to which I allude. And for those that don't have the book, here is the section I'm referring, quote, in the 50s, President Eisenhower and the CIA came to a top secret agreement. No CIA agent was to report a criminal act that involved CIA personnel or CIA assets. It was so secret that nobody in President Kennedy's administration knew about it, not even President Kennedy. Again, in 1950s, President Eisenhower and the CIA came to a top secret agreement. No CIA agent was to report a criminal act that involved CIA personnel or CIA assets, it was so secret that nobody in President Kennedy's administration knew about it, not even President Kennedy. And as we now know, 
Hitler did not die in the bunker. So one has to ask, who authorized, ordered Hitler's survival relocation even? Could it have been German background, U.S. Army, first NATO Supreme Commander, General Dwight D. Eisenhower himself? Certainly puts a whole different cleanse on things, doesn't it? Including General Patton's suspicious death. But who else personally approved Operation Paperclip and supposedly born where? In Germany, none other than FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover. So think about it. John Edgar Hoover, J. Edgar Hoover, was FBI Director from May 10, 1924, through May 2nd, 1972 for 48 years, crossing the span of eight U.S. presidents. From Calvin Coolidge to Richard Nixon. And the only reason why he was no longer FBI director was because he died of a heart attack in his Washington, D.C. home on May 2nd, 1972. He was of German background on both sides of his family, his mother and father, and Hoover supposedly didn't even have a birth certificate filed upon his birth, although it was required in 1895 in Washington, D.C. Two of his siblings did have certificates, but for some reason, Hoover's was not filed until 1938 when he was 43 years old. Oh, so this is going to be interesting as well. Something I recently discovered. According to the applicable Wikipedia page, internet accessed September 14, 2022, for director of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. I scroll down to the list of office holders since Bureau of, Bureau of, Inve of Investigation 
was initially established in 1908. So we have Stanley Finch, A. Bruce Bolesky, William E. Allen, acting, William J. Flynn, William J. Burns, and there he is, J. Edgar Hoover. But wait, back up. Oh my goodness, did you know this? According to William J. Flynn, you know, like General Michael Flynn, Michael, uh, William J. Flynn's apical Wikipedia page, I initially internet accessed on September 14, 2022. You can't even make this stuff up. I'm going to go down to the BOI career. In 1919, Flynn was named director of the Bureau of, In of Investigation. Attorney General Palmer praised his new appointee as, quote, the leading organizing detective of America. Flynn is an anarchist chaser, the greatest anarchist expert in the United States. In one of Flynn's high-profile incidents, one of his operatives who was trailing the German diplomat, Dr. Enrich Elbert, on a streetcar snatched Elbert's briefcase, which contained sensitive documents. The papers documented Elbert's having spent $27 million. I wonder what, how much that would have equated to back in that time to build up a spy network in the United States using German money to fund lock strikes, dock strikes, attacks on shipping, and bombs planted in munition plants. Under resignation, Flynn's hardline approach to counterterrorism in his scaremongering public statements meant to rouse the U.S. to the threat of German espionage angered the German and Irish communities, wait, German and Irish communities, and eroded Flynn's support in Washington, ending in his resignation. After resigning, Flynn accepted a, a sinecure as head of the Federal Railroad Railway Administrative, Administration Police. Reinstatement and replacement. Re Two years after leaving the Secret Service in the wake of the concerted terrorist action, including a bomb that shook the home of A. Mitchell Palmer, the Attorney General of the United States, virtually demolishing it, Palmer dedicated his Department of Justice to tracking down the men responsible. He appointed Flynn director of the Bureau of Investigation. Flynn took charge of hunting down the bombers and then signed a, quote, an ambitious Justice Department clerk by the name of J. Edgar Hoover to monitor suspected radicals through painstaking work. 
Flynn's team identified the likely suspects. However, they were unable to obtain the type of evidence that would stand up in a court of law. However, they were unable to obtain the type of evidence that would stand up in a court of law. Public opinion turned against the Bureau as the public wanted arrest and Hoover launched a series of Palmer raids that became a public relations nightmare. And so they elevate him. These events resulted in low morale among Flynn's staff and the new Harding administration replaced Flynn with William J. Burns. And soon after, replaced by J. Edgar Hoover, my conjecture, a German sleeper cell, J. Edgar Hoover, given my previous comments, how and when and why did German background J. Edgar Hoover become FBI director? The very same that approved Operation Paperclip overlapping with German background U.S. Army General, first NATO Supreme Commander and later U.S. President, German background, Dwight D. Eisenhower, Ike. So again, let's revisit this timeline. J JFK assassination attempt and black op survival on November 22nd, 1963. A, year, a little over a year later, Winston Churchill died on January 24th, 1965. JFK or RFK assassination or not, another black op, June 6th, 1968. Approximately seven months later, CIA director Alan Dulles died on January 29, 1969. Less than two months later, President Dwight D. Eisenhower Ike died on March 28, 1969 of heart failure at U.S. Military Walter Reed Army Medical Center. Less than seven months after that, Joseph Kennedy died on November 18, 1969. Less than seven months after that, CIA Deputy Director, US, Army, uh, U.S. Air Force General Charles P. Cabell died in May 25th, 1971 of heart failure, taking his medical exam at U.S. Military Joint Base Meyer-Henderson Hall. Less than a year later, FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover died on May 2nd, 1972. And when was Watergate break-in? June 17, 1972, less than a month after J. Edgar Hoover's death. And again, when was D.B. Cooper? Yet another black op? November 24, 1971, just before J. Edgar Hoover's death, just before Washington Post, Bob Woodward, Carl Bernstein's Deep Throat, and Watergate. And wow. So this proxy, proxy war was this, what I call this war in the dark, was, is very real. And again, this August 10, 1998, the ultimate joint statement 
was an indicator of the turning point with and when the Kennedys and the Bushes, Brits and Germans, joined forces to not only take over the United States of America with their mission complete, to take over the world. With that in mind, I would like to share this next video. And I'm going to share it in its entirety. It's a posting made by Blondie on November 27. On November 27, 2020, with this as the descriptor, just open uploading as an archive, although if you haven't seen the envelope reactions from Bush Sr.'s funeral, then I highly advise you to check it out. Now, there are similar postings, numerous such postings, but I would like to proceed with this one. It's a little over seven minutes long, 7.03 to be exact, and while playing it in its entirety on mute, just visually watching stopping, pausing for observations. Okay, so now this version of the George H.W. Bush, Wednesday, December 5th, 2018, this is what, less than four years later? Now, December 5th, 2018, George H.W. Bush funeral letters, YouTube posted November 27, 2020 by Blondie, pausing at applicable comments. So I'm going to continue on. Oh, it's going to be very interesting. So let's continue on. In on, on mute. Just observe. Oh, look at that. Look at the guest. Former governor, Texas. Trump's Secretary of Energy, right? Rick Perry. Henry Kissinger, born in Germany. Prince, now King Charles. German Chancellery, Chancellor Angela Merkel offspring of Hitler, U.S. Senator Rob Portman from Ohio,
Oh, look, that was, that was Vice President Al Gore there in the corner, but no tipper. Oh, look, Hillary Clinton looks at the note, but wait, there is no reaction and she doesn't share it with her husband, President Bill Clinton. Oh, look, Jill Biden discovers her note and immediately shares it with her husband, Vice President, now President Joe Biden. In another version um, of this video, uh, not this one. It clearly indicates Vice President Al Gore's reaction appearing to be wording the AF, if you know what I mean. Oh, look, Karen Pence discovers her note. Oh, look, shows when note drops from Hillary Hillary's program and President Carter now looking for his, which he didn't receive.
Oh, look at that. Michelle Obama discovers her note. Does she react? Show it to her husband, President Barack Obama, supposed grandson of Hitler on mother's side? No, but he sure does notice it, doesn't it? Doesn't he? Notice the double tap made by George W. Bush on the star's blue and white portion of the flag draped over George H.W. Bush's coffin as he walks to the podium? I wonder if that was some kind of signaling. George A. George W. Bush breaking down in tears, bowing his head. Oh, the presence of the U.S. military choir and U.S. military band members watching, receiving, noticing the signals, all the signals, this signaling. Now, we're going to play this again from 604 to 649. Watch Laura's reaction, but look at Jeb's as well, right? Jeb is visibly shaken up, right? But wait, does Vice President Dan Quell's wife, Marilyn, does she receive a note? Wait, what about Vice President Dick Cheney's Lynn? His wife, did she receive a note? I wonder why not. So what kind, what is really going on here? Again, we're going to play this from 604 to 649. Watch for those comments that I've, uh, in response to those comments I just made. 
Okay. So what, what did the George H.W. Bush funeral letters supposedly say? On a note card with the seal and former president of the United States of America printed across the top, underneath, in all caps, they know everything. I'm sorry. Signed, George H.W. Bush, above his printed name, George H.W. Bush. And I'm going to continue playing this to the end. And then we're going to go back and play some points that I want to highlight again. So what does that mean? What did George H.W. Bush supposedly confess to on his deathbed? Now, curiously interesting, isn't it? His passing after Barbara, who passed away April 17, 2018, and then a little over seven months later, George H.W. Bush passes away on November 30th, 2018. Like they wanted Barbara to pass away first so that she would not know before she passed away what George H.W. Bush was going to confess to. And now there is this note. Really? Did George H.W. Bush confess that he was at Daly Plaza in Dallas, Texas on November 22nd, 1963? Or more? Something much more to include and regarding this ultimate joint statement. Based on the reactions and even lack of reactions in some instances during the opening of his supposed applicable funeral note cards, what do you think? Did George H.W. Bush confess on what he was really involved in with and to include who he really was? German-born Nazi infiltrator George Scherf Jr., son of German-born Nazi infiltrator Colonel George Scherf Sr., a.k.a. Connecticut U.S. Senator Prescott Bush, with really real and true national security implications documented infiltrations throughout and over the decades to include the highest levels of our U.S. government, our nation, and there is no statute limitation for treason. So look at that. JFK and RFK now really deceased, Churchill deceased, Hitler deceased, Alan Dulles deceased, Ike deceased, Joseph Kennedy deceased, Hoover deceased, Nixon deceased, Reagan deceased, Maggie Thatcher deceased, George H.W. Bush deceased, and now the queen herself is deceased. And all, has all this nonsense finally ended? No. So I want to go back and show you some clips again, because of whom is not yet deceased.
I will now replay 411 to 416. Now watch again very closely. Watch Lynn Cheney behind Michelle Obama at 416. There is, is that a signal being made by Lynn Cheney to her husband, perhaps letting Dick Cheney know that Michelle Obama discovered the note of which Lynn Cheney did not receive a note. So from 411 to 416. And again, but wait, does Vice President Dan Quayle's wife, Marilyn, receive a note? I wonder why not. Wait, what about Dick, Vice President Dick Cheney's wife's Lynn? Did she receive a note? I wonder why not. Wait, what about President Jimmy Carter's wife, Rosalind? Did she receive a note? I wonder why not. And what about President Donald Trump's wife, Melania? Did she receive a note? I wonder why not. Now, putting into question, apparently, this was some kind of op in play, a black op, even. The question being, whose? So now I'm going to go back and replay 347 to 349. Oh, and look at that. Vice President Dick Cheney shaking hands with Hillary, supposedly after she received her note. Is that correct? Look, it looks like he, Dick Cheney, was bowing his head to her, Hillary Clinton, beforehand. Wait, now I'll back up and replay 206 to 29. Wait, look at that. Is that Vice President Dick Cheney doing some kind of signaling? Was this Dick Cheney's op? If so, working with, coordinating, orchestrating with whom? With whom's? In light of his daughter, Liz Cheney, the current January 6th hearings, Liz Cheney being primaried, and my recent August 17, 2022 podcast with Christy Tasker on Patriot's Perspective about what all this is really about. So I wonder where Dick Cheney, given his own father's supposed Irish mob connections like Joseph Kennedy, 
Ronald Reagan. Wow, I wonder where was Dick Cheney on November 22nd, 1963, during the assassination attempt on the President of the United States of America at the time, JFK? Don't you? So, like George H.W. Bush, what does Richard Bruce Cheney have to confess? Starting with, where was he, Dick Cheney, on November 22, 1963, during the assassination attempt of the President of the United States of America? What was his and or his father's role? Under oath and for crimes to include treason, Richard Bruce Cheney, with no U.S. military service, can finally be asked so many questions accordingly. What do you think? Because what is happening is still happening and hasn't ended yet. So my question, as well as I'm sure that of so many others, what rule has, did, does, is Dick Cheney playing, been playing in all of this over the decades? And what all does he need to have to confess, as well as all those still alive in these front applicable pew seats and beyond, including those present that did or did not receive a George H.W. Bush funeral letter under oath to finally put an end to all this nonsense. Under oath, what did they know and when did they know it? And how are they involved? What are their backgrounds, their applicable backgrounds? Because there is obviously something going on, still going on, and now apparently does indeed need to be asked. Is it indeed involving all their applicable bloodlines and or all about their applicable British German backgrounds to which this, quote, ultimate joint statement really refers. As we now continue on to part nine. Right on, right on, right on. Right on radio. Right on Again, I thank you for this opportunity. This is now part nine of this multi-part series. And again, my conjecture is and remains, JFK was not assassinated on November 22nd, 1963. What was proven on November 22nd, 1963 at that time was the legal definition of conspiracy, the attempt to assassinate the president of the United States of America. I now show this first photo. The JFK Arlington National Cemetery gravesite. My conjecture is and remains that Dallas police officer JD Tippett the real and only murdered body of November 22nd, 1963 is 
and was buried here at Arlington National Cemetery on March 14, 1967, along with the real intact brain of JFK, who was actually buried out to sea as he wanted on February 18, 1966. This is the last photo I now will share with you. Here is the August 7, 1998 East Africa Embassy Bombings Memorial Marker, also at Arlington National Cemetery. The marker inscription dedicated to the memory of all those who lost their lives in the embassy bombings in Nairobi, Kenya and Dar es Salaam, Tanzania. I attended the applicable dedication ceremony for this marker. And for those that may be interested, the closest entrance, if still open and accessible, to get to this embassy bombings marker, memorial marker, is near on the U.S. Navy, U.S. Marine Corps, Iwo Jima Memorial side of Arlington National Cemetery. So now, why am I so adamant regarding my conjecture? that JFK was not assassinated on November 22nd, 1963. For what commonalities do I have with JFK? I wasn't even born. It's because I too have survived an assassination attempt, attempts even, given that I was the true target of the August 7, 1998 Embassy Nairobi bombing. And like JFK, I survived in my case, because I was not there. Furthermore, just like JFK, I too was personally reported deceased when I was not. Their false narrative narratives, despite the fact that I was alive, am alive. Just like JFK and their false narrative set into motion on that day, on November 22nd, 1963, and remaining still to this day regarding him. Unlike the President of the United States of America, JFK, I am still alive today. I am in a position to personally defend myself and to continually counter this, their purposeful and intentional false narrative set into motion about me still to this day. Unlike the President of the United States, JFK, who can no longer speak on his own behalf, silenced forevermore, because of you, I was able to do just that, speak on my own behalf. You provided me a platform to vocalize my truth, the truth, his truth. I thank you for this opportunity, and I thank you and your audience for bearing witness to this truth, God's truth, for that, I am eternally grateful. Thank you. Right on, right on, right on. Live right. Live right.